Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother Travis. And we're hanging out in Beachville, dude. Last week we did Beach Dream. Wait, Beach House. This week we're doing Beach Fossils, and both of these artists came up around the same time and they're both happened to fall under that indie pop dream pop label yeah and as we as we talked about pretty extensively last week like beach house is sort of responsible for defining and shaping the dream pop term of like the 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 2010s right like taking the dream pop of the 90s and sort of like re redefining it reinventing it so it's possible that the beach fossils at least in 2010 this record that we're talking about the self-titled debut record may not have been considered dream pop when it hit like i don't know if that's a term that that we've just started using for this sound like after beach fossils and and other other bands started to sort of like make this sound synonymous with dream pop because what, what i was you know i was reading some some articles and stuff on this record and people were calling it lo-fi and they were using terms like surf rock, right? Jangly pop, right? Jangly yeah, pop jangle pop. All the rage. Yeah. Fuzzy lo-fi pop. That's what a lot of, um, you know, dream, uh, I almost called them dream pop. Beach House, like their first two records were super lo-fi and that was the term that, that kind of got thrown onto them, right? So it's what they did with Teen Dream that sort of brought it into like the next level and made it a little bit more like polished and, and poppy and stuff like that. So with this record, it's definitely lo-fi. That's a good term to use for this record. Oh, it's lo-fi, dude. It's lo-fi. And I think what's cool about the lo-fi sound is that, you know, I guess around this time we were hearing more self-produced, self-recorded records in either this kind of indie pop vein or in the chill wave movement that happened at the same time, all because those kind of programs and, you know, more computing power, I guess, was more readily available. And then it turned into this whole like sound that some bands to this day just are doing purposely, right? Like purposely releasing 
recordings that sound cheaply recorded, even if they aren't necessarily done at home. Yeah, it's like it's the it's the whole like aesthetic. So Teen Dream, which is what we covered last week, the album from Beach House, came out the exact same year as this uh, self-titled debut by Beach Fossils, 2010. Um, and I think the main difference between the two, you know, coming up around the same time in the in the 2010s with that Dream Pop label slapped on them, like you said, lo-fi, but Beach Fossils also has this really great jangly, uh, like, surf rock vibe. Yeah. Um, that's definitely absent in other bands that were trying to, to do this and absent from that classic reinvention of Dream Pop that Beach House did. Well, so many, yeah, I think this is why you and I sort of associated this more surfy indie rock stuff with the Dream Pop label, because this is all we heard um, around the 2010s when this this kind of music was was kicking off again. A lot of them had that that surf rock element and like the harmonizing, like real estate. Like real estate or uh, the drums. Did you ever get into them, dude? similar oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. The drums, yeah. Or like, uh, what was that other band? We, we saw them open for, um, well, we saw Twin Sister open for... Uh, uh, oh, Morning Benders. Morning Benders, but the one that, the band that opened for them, Colts. Oh, Colts. Colts, yeah. 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 yeah, they all in like uh, Sea Pony. There's a bunch of them. But yeah, this this band kind of falls under that and this record especially, but for some reason, this one has always stuck with me. I've always loved this record. I think I talked about this a little bit on our 200th episode where, where we uh, talked with our our old uh, blog mate, Josh Stewart, and we played actually a track from this record. We played Youth. And I talked about how like this record is just like synonymous in my brain with like summer of 2010 because that's like I just had this this album on repeat, and I just remembered driving around listening to it. It's got the perfect the like it just feels like summer, you know. And and the stuff he's singing about is like nostalgic, youthful type themes, um, and like longing for that youth. I mean, that's the name of that song, Youth. But there's a lot of there's a lot of songs like that. And we're gonna play some of them and talk about the lyrics and stuff. You're definitely not alone in in that, dude. Like, I mean, I don't know if that was something he purposely set out to do i mean he's got the name beach in his you know in, in the band name I, you know we haven't mentioned it this is actually just one dude yeah for this particular record yeah it was all self it was like travis said last week this is a, a straight up dave Grohl recording producing and playing all the instruments for the that first foo fighters self-titled same thing here it's all one guy yeah he he produced it too so written produced and recorded by the front man and founder of Beach Fossils. His name is Dustin Pace here. And yeah, that's, I mean, that that right there just screams bedroom pop, if you will. I mean, I know bedroom pop has almost become a, like a, a a genre in itself that has its own kind of sound, or at least now, right? There's like a sound associated with bedroom pop, but it's the same idea that like DIY record, you know, that you just put out. Apparently he had just moved to New York in 2008 when he was, putting this music together and like actually i'll save this quote for later he kind of talks about what this record meant for him but it was interesting that like he moved to new york and started writing music that was like a form of escapism for wanting to escape new york which i thought was funny because it's like it's like you just got here dude (laughs) what's the deal but you know my guess is that you know if you grew up in another part of the country that's not New York City, you know, and and maybe you're longing for that small town vibe or something, you know. Yeah, you're gonna be missing it real quick yeah. once you move to New York. Yeah, unless you're just all about the the taxi cabs and, and 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 the pizza. I mean, that's all New York is, right? Taxi cabs and pizza. All right, well, dude, let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. Yeah, let's do it. Let's um, do it. I was, I think this is a good transition too, because the first song we're gonna play is "Vacation." Yeah, and you know, speaking of like summertime vibes npr did a a review on this song back in june of 2010 and it says straight up song for a summer vacation uh it says vacation in particular isn't just a summer song it's a deep summer song 
a Coke Slurpee in a scorcher, or a sloppy cannonball at a public pool. So so here's the thing, like I, I think with a lot of these songs, it definitely has that surf rock sound like we talked about. But the lyrics might not necessarily be all like fun in the sun, you know. So we'll have to we'll have to dive into the lyrics here a little bit. All right, let's do it, man. Let's let's dive into our first pick. So this is track three on the record. This song is called Vacation. evokes like your carefree summertime lounging right yeah well like you know he's like the song is like he's talking about wanting to just get on a bus and and like leave you know get out of town and like gazing out his window and like looking at you know the scenery as it passes your window like really simple like longing for for leaving the city right i mean leave the city behind that's one of the lyrics right so this is him being like i want to get out of new york right like i want to just get get the hell out of here take a little vacation but yeah but let's talk about like this the his his delivery so like it's very monotone it reminds me of lou reed a little bit like um velvet underground kind of stuff yeah it's that kind of like sleepy delivery yeah but what i've always liked about dustin and this record is is his guitar playing like the drums are super simple like literally like a drum machine right like when he would do shows before he brought on extra bandmates it was just his little drum machine up there with him but like it's his guitar riffs are what to me make these songs so memorable and and like because his vocal delivery is so like sleepy and kind of monotone it's the guitar that really like 
speaks right and like oh yeah yeah his guitar riffs are or what are the most memorable to me yeah they're great man so i like this just to wrap this up with a little, another quote from that npr article i like what it says here forget complex songwriting it's the laziness that makes it work so well and its finest accomplishment rests in how the spirit of vacation is so effectively captured the humdrum of the presence the eager momentum of travel and the way the future always seems brightest right as you get the hell out of dodge yeah well here's a quote from him from another interview queue beatsperminute.com and the guy asking the guy interviewing him asked um he goes i thought of it as a very non-new york sounding record i live in california and it seemed almost like a bridge between the two places and he said when you were writing it did you ever think about it in those terms because it was so different from the typical brooklyn sound he says yeah when i was recording it i was listening to a lot of psychedelic music and twee music I've never heard that term. Twee? T-W-E-E. Let me look this up real quick, Q. No idea what that is. British. Oh, Jangle. Maybe Jangle Pop. Okay, listen to Dude, we just learned a new genre. Twee Pop is a subgenre of indie pop that originates from the 1986 NME compilation C86 characterized by its simplicity and perceived innocence some of its defining features are boy girl harmonies catchy melodies and lyrics about love dude so it sounds like, sounds like, like, like uh, pop type stuff right yeah like that ye ye i hate saying it, but oh the french stuff french, french pop, pop yeah it sounds exactly like that but yeah he says he wanted to combine psychedelic and and twee and he says the record was a product of that which makes sense because psychedelic is the california sound super dreamy and relaxing that's a, that's a big and one it's dude. definitely it that is that is a uh, uh dreamy and relaxing is uh, uh, you know that's dream pop i guess right and the um i mean dare i say beach boys <laughs> well yeah we'll do we'll talk about the beach boys sound when we when we do real estate next week for sure yeah because they tap into that big time it's that surfy guitar but yeah there's a little bit of harmonizing with himself on this record i don't know if it was on that song really but i like how he does it yeah i think it's i like good. how he does it yeah it's, it's really unique Speak, dude. Speaking of dreamy and relaxing, you you've been drinking any more chamomile tea from Tiesta? Uh, so I'm all out of the lavender and chamomile, Dang, dude. dude. I know I got to get more. I you know because I only had what was in that little sample dry flight, right? That they gave us, but I think that was my favorite of the bunch, man. La- lavender chamomile is something else. I haven't had that one yet, dude. You haven't tried it? Because I, I always associate chamomile with like, all right, I, I'm ready to go to sleep. So well, which I mean, is, you know, it's it's. It's a decaf, you know, herbal tea. But dude, if you like lavender, right? Like in your, I do like lavender. I do as a as a, a thing to consume. Like I some do people, like it. Yeah, some people like the smell, but would never dream of. You know. <laughs> they would never dream of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. I, I do like uh, lavender. Dude, bust it out, and you can do it right before bed, man. Maybe I'll do it tonight. Yeah. No. So so we're talking about Tiesta tea. <laughs> that is a loose leaf, premium tea company that we've been uh super amped about for the last few months they sent us a dry flight of all their their top selling blends and i mean there's not one in there that that i would pass over they're all delightful it's a mix of caffeinated and uh, herbal blends and it's all loose leaf something about it man definitely the best tea that i've had in a while and right now if you hop on their website tiestatea.com you can use the promo code NoFiller15 at checkout. Get yourself some tea. You know, if you're if you're like, eh, can it be that good? Or are they just saying this, you know, because they're sponsored? It's that good, man. It is that good. It is. Uh, I just got into their Victorian Earl Grey. If you like Earl Grey, this is top of the pops, man. Really, top really of the good. Pops. Really, really good Earl Grey, man. And that's one of my favorite teas. As far as like caffeinated teas go... If I'm not going to drink coffee for my my you know caffeine intake of the day, it's going to be Earl Grey, and they make a damn fine Earl Grey tea. Well, let me do one more. Um, if you're not convinced yet, but we talked about the their holiday blends because we both you and I were like reading the ingredients on this cocoa mocha. It, it's a tiramisu coffee. Anyway, I actually ordered the the uh, the trio pack of their three holiday blends. You can still get it. 
even though Christmas is over, you can still get those blends. So yeah, there is a a it's called Santa's Bag Tea Gift Set. If you want to get some some uh, some festive stuff, I would recommend that because it's it's these three blends that they put out um, for the holidays: it's Fireside Spice, Cocoa Mocha, and Peppermint Cocoa. I mean, what more do you want me to say besides just just go ahead and order it and use No Filler fifteen uh, in the promo code box in the checkout, and you will get fifteen percent off. And we're gonna keep reminding you every week, so just go ahead and order. It. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just go ahead and order some tea. You will not be disappointed. And that's Tiesta Tea, my friends. A bold tea for a bold you. All right, Q. Let's get back. Let's get to the next track here. We are going to jump down a few tracks here. So this song is a little bit more... Um, it's not as as simple as uh, Vacation. So a lot of these songs are super straightforward. Kind of like he said twee right like really simple kind of has that dreamy love song kind of vibe to it right with some catchy hooks and stuff 12 roses i think is a little bit more complicated and i've always liked this song and it's real quick dude it's two minutes 20 seconds so we're gonna probably play a good chunk of it but here we go this song is called 12 roses To, to play the whole song but um i've I, I love that song man i really do i love how it I, i'm not gonna say simple i'm not gonna say simple i'm gonna try not <laughs> to say it because it's not a simple song but I, I like how the the melody follows this very like uh repetitive kind of like up and down or like uh sort of trajectory I, I don't know if that makes any sense but like he he's adding layers and stuff to it kind of like a Almost like a what we like about down tempo tracks, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I love how he sort of his vocals and his guitar are sort of taking turns almost because like there's a there's a, there's almost like a verse that's just his guitar and I'm gonna call it a verse because like like I said his guitar is very expressive um, and I love how he harmonizes with himself. He's got a he's got a very he's actually hitting a pretty. You know, we, t- we talked about the last track. It's kind of like that sleepy vocal delivery. But on this track... Humdrum. Yeah, on this track, he's he's actually hitting, hitting some high notes, if you will. 
when he's harmonizing with himself. Also, let's just appreciate the effectiveness of a little tambourine action, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's so simple. It works. But so great, especially for, for this this style, you know, these vibes. How many singer-songwriters out there are doing exactly what he's doing where they're like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm writing some music. I need a drum track. Let me just do like this really simple drum machine thing. And you can hear it like it's just really simple drums because he's not a drummer, you know? Right. But it works for the sound the, and the, the, the tweet. I'm going to start using that term because I like that. Too. I just I just learned it. But uh, and it's great. It's great that like maybe you can't afford a drum set, but you can probably afford a tambourine, you know, so you can throw in an actual real world instrument, which is cool. You know, yeah. just something so effective that that you can add to a song, even if you're trying to do all this low budget, you know, at home. Get yourself a tambourine. We all love it. Who doesn't love tambourine? I would say nobody. Right, Brett Daniel? Jim? <laughs> um, here's an interesting quote. So this is this is speaking to the time when this record came out and all the other indie bands that were doing this kind of thing. This is a New York Times uh, music critic. His name is John Karamanica. Karamanica, something like that. Who knows? He goes, stop me if you've heard this one before. One man band makes hazy but surprisingly sturdy pop-influenced indie rock with mild seaside flourishes. And that almost sounds like a, this is just a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. But he goes on to say, how this sort of music became a cliche in the space of just the past year or so speaks to the speed and density of the internet. Now, you and I were all over this, right? This is the music blog era. And this is what we touched upon yeah, on our 200th episode when we talked all about the music blog era. Yeah. Yeah. He, he says, and yet the self-titled Beach Fossils debut manages to not feel overly 2009. Hmm. So he's handing him a little bit of a compliment there at the end saying that like, and this is kind of what I, what I was saying earlier is like, for some reason, this this record stands out amongst the rest of him because I think of, I think it's it, it's his... his uh, his song structures and his guitar playing just rose above it. Like it made it just a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Here's a perfect quote for that, dude. Drowned in sound, uh, a little review. So this is a feature called lost 10 of 2010. Number two is beach fossils. So this guy, I guess is going through listing albums that he think he thinks were, you know, overlooked in the 2010s. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So he mentions, uh, you know, he talks about, how a lot of the, a lot of people in the uh, in the like central United States, a lot of the bands coming out around that time were a dime a dozen, kind of like like this other guy had been saying. Mm-hmm. Lists out some of the bands: Wild Nothing, the drums are featured here. Dum Dum Girls, Frankie Rose, and the Outs. Never heard of them, but it says here, uh, Dustin Pacers, uncanny knack of making the most simplistic everyday occurrences seem unconventional and unerringly complex sets him apart from many of his contemporaries. And that's it, dude. It's it sounds kind of simple on the surface, right? But if you pay attention and you do pick up on those complexities and the really interesting and unique guitar riffs and yeah, song song structure and and the way he vocal harmonizes with himself, everything about it is just yeah. It's that's what sets this album apart um and the reason why we keep going back to it you know same with i think josh had similar kind words sentiment to say for it. it yeah yeah there's a nostalgia i think with this just with the sound in general and like you know the uh it's not really hypnagogic but <laughs> i was about to say it, dude hey man so it's our first mention of hypnagogic uh, of 2022 well i think but we I could mean, put i think we could have several different genres in hypnagogic pop you know one being chill wave and like the stuff that Tycho was doing. Right. The other being the stream pop stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We could say that. I think it's just the, the nostalgia that you get from it. Yeah. Nostalgia that you can't really necessarily pinpoint why it's nostalgic, you know? Yeah. I mean, sure. It sounds like a sixties jangly surf pop record, but is that why it's nostalgic and, and hypnagogic? I don't think so. Yeah. I guess the problem with that though, is that like hypnagogic pop is supposed to be, it, it's, it's nostalgic because it feels nostalgic the day that it comes out versus I'm nostalgic for this record because I heard it a decade ago and I associate, I guess, fucking 12 years ago. And I associate that summer and stuff with the sound, right? Yeah. So maybe it's not truly hypnagogic, but, uh, you know, 
I think you guys get the idea. <laughs> we love to 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 really uh, beat the dead pick horse. Pick it apart. Is it dream pop? Is it hypnagogic pop? Is it shoegaze? Is it shoegaze? Is it a great record? That's the most important thing. Yes, it is. Are the non-singles great? You betcha. What's the next one, man? What are we doing next? Okay, so we're going to pick it up a little bit. This song is a little bit more up-tempo, if you will. A little bit more feel-good. So we're going to jump to track nine here. This song is called The Horse. Twee song cue. <laughs> it's crazy, um, you know, listening to a song like this twelve years later. How familiar it sounds, right? Because so many bands have been continuing to do this kind of style. But like we've been saying, it's it's an album that's worth you know keeping in your back pocket all these years. Because there's always uh, there's something that I notice on a song every time I listen to it, and like I appreciate the songs are just so catchy you know they're really again his guitar hooks are just like killer you could this this album could be instrumental i mean it really could uh not that his not that i don't like it i I love his voice i I think his harmonizing is great me too i like it a lot but his his the, the music is i think what what made it so strong but yeah talking about like you know since i just learned this the the word i'm gonna use it just nonstop. but the the twee there's gotta be a better word but the, the twee <laughs> song structure or whatever it sounds like it's a sort of that like simple love song type themes and stuff right i mean listen to the, the opening line here i couldn't talk to you but i'd love to walk with you i mean so twee that's just straight up classic Don't we all know it dude i think he's i'm trying to figure out this metaphor here like this one i understand he says i dropped from the sky right as you say goodbye I feel like he's saying like maybe he's he's like drop from the sky. Yeah, I drop from the sky right as you say goodbye. To me, meaning like I'm I'm envisioning this guy at a party. He wants to talk with this girl, uh, but his he's like he's up in the clouds or something like that, cloud nine maybe. And finally, he gets the courage to talk to her, but she leaves. Right. Here's what my interpretation was: when he's hanging around her, he's yeah, like you're saying, floating on cloud nine. He's he's just like in a whole other world when he's around her, when he gets to hang out with her, yeah. he feels like he's floating up in the clouds. And as soon as she says goodbye and leaves, he's he a drop out of the sky. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah, that magic is gone as soon as she says bye. But this is where he loses me. Q the horse, the horse with your head to the sky. Will you turn back again? The horse is no longer there. I don't know if he's trying to say like, horse. <laughs> I, I don't know, but that's the name of the song. I'm trying to, we went from like, you know, he's floating around in the sky and stuff to like, there's a horse. 
running it's a around. Horse look, looking up, looking up there now. I don't know if it's like you know what is isn't there like a phrase like the horse is out of the stable or something like that. Once the you can't put the horse back in the stable once you take yeah, it out. I don't out. know, dude. We'll have to ask Dustin Pace here what the hell he was talking about with the song. But anyway, there's some horse metaphors going on that I can't. I'm not. You following. can teach a horse to whinny, but you can't. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. There's 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 a few. Uh, you mean like you can lead a horse to water? Yeah, you could yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah, no, that was it, dude. That's what I was thinking of. You can lead a horse to water, but you, you can't, can't make it drink. Something like yeah, that. Something like know. that. That's it, dude. We figured it out. That's the whole. So is he the horse in this, or is the girl the horse? I don't think we'll ever know, dude. It's up to you to interpret, I guess, huh? Q? It could be whatever you want it to mean. By the way, we went from like a simple love song to something about a horse with its head in the in the sky. But, um, <laughs> anyway, he's a horse, and he's in love. That's all I got. Now. All right. Anyway. Again, man, I know I keep speaking of horses and beating them to death. I love the guitar, right? I'm a sucker for his guitar. His guitar stylings are great. That's what that's what I remember when I think about this record is like, I, I, I remember the guitar riffs and that's kind of what, what I associate with this, this record, those, those hooky, catchy guitar lines. All right, so we're going to play the last song here. This is going to be a nice quick episode cue. So... I think this is my favorite track on the record. There is a level of like, I don't know. This song, I think, steps it up a notch as far as like, it's not your simple, straightforward surf rock indie pop song like some of the rest of the stuff on this record. This song, I think, is a little bit more serious. It's like a little bit slower, if you will. But I just, I love this song, man. All right, this is our last track here off the record. This song is called Wide Awake. This album really could have been a lost one, you know, like that I mm-hmm. was alluding to in that, in that review. I don't know how many people paid attention to it when it came out, but it it's, I mean, it, it holds up even, even 12 years later, even after so many other bands have come and gone that sound just like this, it holds up, man. Yeah. I mean, Teen Dream came out the same year, right? So like they were just, I'm trying to think of. The, the analogy here, man, I wish I could do it. I got it. one, dude. I got, I got one. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of like um, that movie Equilibrium. 
<laughs> the exact same year as The Matrix. Very similar vibes. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I was also trying to remember a specific movie reference where it was like, there's a movie that came out that everybody thought should have gotten the grant, the the Oscar, but it went to some other movie. Mm. It's like it's like if your movie came out the same year that the Star Wars came out or something like that. How about Ants versus a Bug's Life, man? Come on. <laughs> that was around the same it time. There's a clear winner <laughs> there, though, dude. Which one? I'm a Pixar fanboy. Oh, yeah. Me too. It's hard not to be right. But anyway, yeah. I mean, there were, there were bands that got more ink and more attention. I mean, when you listen to Teen Dream, go back to last week's episode, you can hear us talk about it. And then you listen to this self-titled record. It's almost like Beach House was already, I mean, they were. There were already two albums ahead of Beach Fossils, if you will. And Beach Fossils, Dustin, was sort of exactly where Beach House was on their self-titled, right? As far as like lo-fi, a little bit more self-produced. He didn't have, he didn't have sub pop behind him, right? So like, there's a reason that some of these, some of these records and bands got more attention. Because they had the power. They had the, the record label but, power. But that, to... I think that tells you how, how great this record was. Uh, the fact that it was self-produced, the fact that it was this guy's debut and we're still talking about it. You know, uh, real estate had already come out with their self-titled the year before. Days is their big record, and that's what we're going to talk about next year. That came out the year after. So yeah, all this was happening around the same time, and he made a name for his little group. He's kind of like Tame Impala. I mean, this is a weird. I don't know. I don't know why I thought about this, but like Tame Impala was also just Kevin Parker, right? And then he. He named himself Tame Impala because he wanted to be thought of as a band. Right. And then he did bring on more people later. But Beach Fossils did exactly that. Like he brought on uh, more bandmates for the very next record. But the fact that he put this out by himself is damn impressive, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm always impressed by that kind of stuff with, with what artists can do. It just speaks to what a, to, to what a great songwriter he was and why, why Beach Fossils are still putting out records to this day like he they, they came out with with a interesting yeah i just saw i noticed that a few days ago yeah a, a piano version of it's kind of like a compilation record last year called the other side of life and it's all piano versions of his music goes all the way back to it's got a song from beach from the self-titled on their youth pretty cool and it's got a nice jazz jazz tinge to it dude let's uh have the outro be one of the songs from there well let's do youth since it showed up on this record yeah, we'll do that. All right. Well, I got one more quote here from Dustin. So uh, this record in 2020, there was a 10-year anniversary edition of the record that came out. And so uh, I was reading this interview from Glide Magazine. They were asking him about, you know, hey, it's been a decade. How crazy is that, right? And he was just reflecting back on how crazy that, that felt to have been doing this for a decade, right? But he said, uh, for me, and I was kind of alluding to this earlier, for me, this record was about escapism. In my mind, I was escaping New York, John Carpenter. I was escaping loneliness. I was escaping hunger. I was burned out and needed to write songs that made me feel better. I felt like the world was a cold, hard place. That does sound like New York, doesn't it? Sure does. And I knew a lot of other people felt that way too. I was meditating a lot and learned that, that meditation could teach you to be at peace with these feelings. So with this album, I wanted to create an environment where people could disappear and get lost for a little bit. And man, this record does that so well, dude. You can just get lost in this record big time. Yeah. And I think that's why it was so like meaningful and why it had such like staying power with me. Because like in 2010, summer of 2010, you know, I'm driving around. I got this record just blasting in, in my little car, right? It was just the perfect... I mean, escapism, just like what he set out to do. And when you think about him, like he's in New York, he's talking about how this is like a, a cold, hard place. And he was lonely and hungry. So he's just like a young, sounds like he's like a young dude, just showed up to New York. He's going to write some music, you know, much like many other actors and musicians who escaped to New York, right? I'm sure he was broke too. Yeah, exactly. So he's just like, you know, and he's, he's meditating, right? In, in order to try to help him like, reach this level of, of peace and escapism and like so he he wrote a record that did exactly that right and that's what this record is 
And it's a fucking great, it's a perfect record, dude. I love it. So anyway, that's Beach Fossil's self-titled debut record. If you haven't been convinced yet to give it a listen from the four tracks we played, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to convince you. It's more of the same. If you liked it, you'll love the rest of the album, but it's not a cookie cutter. Every single song sounds exactly the same, but it's in, it's definitely in this. It's very consistent. Yeah. But it's 11 songs, 34 minutes long. It's it's over in a second. Short and sweet. Yeah. Dude. Simple twee, you know, twee this, twee that. Just a simple little twee record. Little twee, twee that I've seriously never heard that term. So this is great. <laughs> now we can throw that word around too, Q. This is great. Hey, dude, we need to reach out to to David and ask him if he's heard of it. Ask, yeah, he, you know about Twee? David Brown. Uh, if you didn't catch our episode last year, I think that was uh, I think that was the height of No Filler Q. We peaked. It's not getting any better than that, dude. We interviewed um, a Rolling Stone writer named David Brown. That was a fun episode. But anyway, he would throw around these terms and like these this way of like describing a Sonic Youth track, and we were like teach us you know we're like i mean no wonder you write for the rolling stone yeah. it's almost like you get paid yeah to write about music and you've been doing it for decades dude i bet you we got him on twee he's not gonna have any clue i i, I should just email him and just say twee and just see what he says your thoughts on twee david yeah. and he'll be like oh yeah i wrote i've written extensively about uh the twee movement he'll be like i coined the term <laughs> all right anyway <laughs> so that's that um Beach Fossil's debut record came out in 2010. Give it a listen. It is worth your attention. It really is a no-filler record. There's not a track on here that's that's a sleeper or, or a skip. So pull it up, hit play, and next week we're going to talk about We're going to stay in the same vein. Definitely, you know, when you listen to Beach House, they're kind of, they are their own thing, right? Beach House is kind of like untouchable, right? Their sound is so unique. Beach Fossil's and real estate, I feel like, are almost like cousins. You know what I mean? The guitar stylings, for sure, are very, very similar. I would put real estate in that same group with Beach House. There's there's no one like real estate. Yeah. And as like recognizable and like as familiar as their sound is, it's got those jangly pop surf guitar kind of vibes. They are so unique. They might do it best as far as like a, the surf rock almost uh like a beach boys kind of revival type thing as far as like those that type of song right i think you're gonna you're gonna be reminded of brian wilson quite a bit if you haven't heard real estate before uh so yeah tune in next week this is like summertime in the winter dude that's what that's what we're focusing on this surfy kind of sound that's how we're kicking off this year this cold winter that's right we're trying to bring some sunshine into your life so come back next week. We'll talk about real estate. And then the week after that, we'll do our first What You Heard of 2022. Those are always fun. Oh, I can't wait, dude. I got some great songs that I've been sitting on for too long. Yeah, I'm sitting on some 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 gold for sure. So tune in for that. And yeah, that's it. So uh, check us out on Instagram and Twitter, but we don't actually do any tweeting. So don't follow us on Twitter. Just follow us on Instagram. Just search for No Filler Podcast. You'll find us. And uh, yeah, like we said earlier, visit tiestat.com. Use promo code NOFILLER15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. And you can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is our home, along with many other great music-centric podcasts. That's pantheonpodcast.com. And as always, we would like to thank AKG for sponsoring the show and the network. And that's it. Let's fade out with The Other Side of Life. Yeah, this is uh, kind of like a piano cover record. Piano Ballads by Mr. Beach Fossils himself. Yeah, so this is pretty cool. Last year he put out a collection of his previous materials, his previous songs, but piano covers that he did. So on this record is Youth, which is one of the tracks off of this debut record that we've been talking about. So we're going to close out here with this little piano cover of Youth. So, again, this is No Filler. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. Y'all take care.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.